Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deckett. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Question for you guys at the top of the show. Have uh, have you all, either of you all, started ordering holiday gifts, things of that nature? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah, I'm one of those last minute is the best minute types myself when it comes to this. But we know that we are entering one of the busiest shipping periods in uh, in the year for at least the domestic U.S. And a lot of other countries wherein uh, the Christian celebration of Christmas is, is common, right? And the weird thing is that although we always think about shipping and, and uh, the, the passage of letters and goods during this time of year... It's an ongoing 24-7, 365 days a year operation, and it's huge. The evidence 
about the enormity of this industry is all around you, specifically you. Look around as you're listening to this episode. Where does all this stuff around you come from? We are today recording in the legendary Stuff You Should Know studio. I I, I say legendary. Can we say legendary? Yeah, it is. Certainly. Yeah. First show to hit a billion downloads, it's a legend. And we're looking at pictures of Josh and Chuck all around us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of cameos of other uh, non-CISC people here. Let's see. I think that's Jonathan Strickland there, the back yeah. left. Of yeah. The... And, and all of these were shipped to our offices. Yes, that's correct. And if you look around uh, your neck of the global woods, whatever room or environment you find yourself in today – It's strange to think about how much of this stuff came from so far away. You see, centuries ago, most of the possessions the average person had would probably be locally made. But nowadays, even the most mundane items may come from halfway across the planet. We're talking towels, uh, chess sets. Any consumer good, really, Mm -hmm. that is is, – created out of either plastic or metal. Mm -hmm. And Matt, you and Paul and I went through a period a few years back where for reasons we we don't need to get in the weeds about, we were getting a lot of technological stuff from China, from a place called Monoprice. Remember that? I do recall. And I would be so baffled because some of this was uh, relatively sophisticated equipment. I would be so baffled to think that the the economy was so complicated it was cheaper for us to buy something from china oceans away than it was to buy something from say california it's true and so we're going to look into shipping today but perhaps not in the way you might assume and to get us to the uh, the dark, murky exploration of today's episode, we're going to have to start with things that are absolutely true. So here are the facts. So the post office nowadays uh, on, on podcast ads and other places alike is often maligned, uh, though the ads have lessened quite a bit in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, when you imagine the post office and – going to visit there to send something out. That's one thing. But then when you imagine the orchestration that is required to get things, whether it's just a simple letter or a, a package that weighs 150 pounds, ships from one place to another, it's it's a cr- incredibly difficult task that they're faced with. And they do it every day. Before the United States Post Office, you have to imagine you were putting things on a rail car. A lot of times and then sending it off. You were putting it on a a person who was riding horseback for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Before these state level shipping institutions existed, moving goods from one place to another was a just one long trust fall. You'd have to find a private courier. That courier would have to make their own way from point A to point B. We're talking, you know, we're talking like European history, the history of ancient empires. This courier, if they made it from point A to point B, would take a long time, especially if it wasn't uh, from if point A was in a different city, country or region than point B. If you were lucky, months later, they would get back to you. 
Yeah, remember, all that includes personal security of the courier. Right, right. It depends upon that. And it depends upon the trustworthiness, the dependability of the courier. If this courier disappeared for one reason or another, you are SOL. As everybody understands, this is a family show, and thus that stands for sorely out of luck. In the U.S., the gold rush and the westward expansion led to a fundamental shift in shipping. Things like the Pony Express that you mentioned earlier, Matt, uh, those those things failed. They they were bought up or they simply went away. Other giants rose like Wells Fargo, which some people may not know. Uh, Wells Fargo did not begin as a bank. It began as a shipping interest. Yeah, they, they brought carriages into the mix. They also uh, retained that logo, that iconic – what, what colors are those? Uh, yellow and red? Orange and red? I just see the red. Okay. <laughs> you just see the red. Uh, but because of these things, soon it was possible to reliably send goods and letters from one end of the continent to the next. And the rise of the transcontinental railroad played a huge role in that in this country. And ever since then, shipping and transportation have evolved in step with one another. And eventually, this created the massive interconnected trade sphere we all enjoy the benefits and drawbacks of today. This sphere ranges across public entities and private companies. Things are carried by automobile, aircraft, cargo ship, on foot, and even occasionally here in 2019 via livestock. Nice. Like beast of burden. I mean, too bad for the the beast, I guess, which feels like a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. But uh, the animals, <laughs> yeah. um, and and think about it this way: there is a very, very much distinct possibility that the components, the things that make up the electronics you're using right now, your laptop, whatever it is you're using, your your phone, maybe to mm-hmm. listen to this, they have traveled further around the world than you may ever. That's true. That's true. They came a long way to see you. Uh, Also, we're in a situation such that it makes more economic sense for these long trips to occur, more so than you would think. One, One famous example concerns fish in Scotland. It is economically more feasible for fish to be caught in Scotland, shipped to China for processing, you know, the fillet of the fish and so on, and then shipped back to Scotland than it does to have the fish processed in Scotland. It's weird, right? Yeah, that it boggles the mind. It does. And one of the primary players in this story is something called containerization, which I know sounds like a buzzword made up term, but it describes it describes this process. We've all seen those looming rectangular containers on the backs of tractor trailers, on train cars, rusting away in weird industrial areas or maybe being repurposed to be a a chic hipster cocktail bar or something. Those things are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Each one of these shipping containers is a tiny vital piece forming the backbone or perhaps the circulatory system of the world's trade economy. Containerization, basically, it's a system that standardizes these containers such that they can fit on the majority of things that will transport them. You can fit them. You can fit X amount of them on a cargo ship. From there, you can break up that load of containers to ship some via tractor trailers. We have a ton of 
truckers in our audience and people who work in shipping. So first off, you are unsung heroes. Thank you very much for keeping this strange house of cards from collapsing. Absolutely. And also shout out to all you lorry drivers out there. And lorry drivers as well. So this concept of containerization, this great standardization of shipping containers dates back centuries, right? It goes back to the 1700s, I want to say, in coal mining regions of England. It, it really hits its boom and it goes worldwide after World War II. And this boom has continued. We have the numbers to prove it. Yes. In the world of shipping, the cargo ship it stands ahead uh, above all others. It is the king. According to the International Maritime Organization, 90% of everything shipped in the world, everything shipped in the world, is on a cargo vessel at some point. That's bizarre. 90% of everything. Not 90% of Tickle Me Elmo's, mm -hmm. not 90% of your favorite vinyl reissues, 90% of everything. There are over 20 million shipping containers in the world. We actually don't know how many there are anymore because we built them so quickly. They're somewhere right now, as you listen to this, between 5 or 6 million that are on the road or on the ship at sea all across the planet. In total, these cargo containers as individual boxes make about 200 million trips per year. They get around. This works out to more than 11 billion tons of stuff. Etch-a-sketches, Volvos, grain, different cereals, oil, pictures of Christopher Walken, whatever you can imagine. It has been on a cargo ship at some point. All those stuff they don't want you to know, T-shirts. <laughs> right. They're out floating somewhere by Diego Garcia as we speak, right? That's right. Uh, so there are some downsides, though, because we mentioned everyone enjoys the benefits of this, but we also just briefly alluded to some drawbacks. Uh, yeah, there are certainly downsides to this whole system. Uh, about 10,000 containers get lost at sea every year. Imagine that. Just, uh, it fell over the side, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Mm. Or, oh, that ship, uh, we can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We see different examples of this in economic an anecdotes. Sure. One of them would be the story of the rubber ducks. Did you ever hear about this? I've read that book, the, the small, the short book by Carl, no, I don't, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's a book about 10 little rubber ducks that fell overboard when they were being shipped across the sea. Yeah, a little bit less than 29,000 rubber ducks were, were lost <laughs> in 1992 because a cargo ship container tumbled into the North Pacific. I think the number was around 28,800. And the rubber ducks were packaged with other bath toys. They were headed from China to the U.S., but the currents took them. And <laughs> they actually provided a great deal of insight for oceanographers, people who study ocean currents and Arctic geography. And they were able to learn more about how currents functioned because they just had to follow the ducks. Uh, that's amazing because it's literally the story of Eric Carle's 10 Little Rubber Ducks. Well, the, the story I've been reading to my son forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it appears uh, it is nonfiction, or at least based on a true story. 
There's another drawback, which is that these cargo ships generate a great deal of pollution. They emit an estimated 796 million tons of carbon dioxide. That was in 2012. And while the number – while people are working to bring that number down, it's – it's a hard economic cost. There's not really a way to move around it because you see, despite those drawbacks, despite the fact that we lose 10,000 containers at least of stuff a year, it's still more efficient to move it that way than it is by shipping it via land or air. Just the way it's geography. It's the way the continents work. It's geography and it's mass. Like if you – even if you have giant airplanes that can carry a proportion of what would be on a shipping container ship, Mm. that's so weird to say, uh, you couldn't carry as – you know, you couldn't get as much across for the price. It's it's – uh, it's obvious. And you obviously can't get to certain parts of land from other parts of land when there's a giant ocean in between. Right. Until we create a global yes. road network. Yes. This is a possibility, but uh, it's still very, very much not plausible. <laughs> One day. One day. Uh, it's – yeah, it's – It's strange because compared to the energy expended moving stuff via plane or truck, shipping is actually far less damaging in terms of greenhouse gases released when you ship stuff via cargo ship. If you send a container from, say, uh, Shanghai to France, you emit fewer greenhouse gases than the truck that takes the container from one place in France to another. Wow. It's weird when you think about it. It's it's again it's a problem of scale and there is absolutely no question folks this is a massive gargantuan industry. It employs millions of people and it moves billions of dollars. The world economy as we know it would be gone without global shipping, right? We would we would enter a dark age. It is the backbone right now of our society whether whether we want to believe that or not. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Just as the U.S. economy would collapse without shipping companies or state institutions like the USPS, UPS, FedEx, of course, and so on. But here's our question for today. And it's a question we encounter anytime we contemplate any system of this size. What if there's more behind the curtain? What doesn't the shipping industry want you to know? And we'll get to it right after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. And we're back. Ben, let's get in to the people who want to uh, either take stuff away from our shipping containers or smuggle something through our shipping systems. Here's where it gets crazy. This industry is cartoonishly crooked. It is so crooked and so corrupt. And let's let's look at a couple of specific examples here. First, smuggling. Doubtlessly, smuggling is one of the first things we think of when we think of crime and the transportation of goods. It's a big business, and business is great for smugglers and traffickers, whether we are talking the smuggling of drugs, the smuggling of weapons, the tragic and heartbreaking trafficking of people. It's probably not going to stop. With the sheer volume of activity occurring every single second, at every single level of the global trade network, authorities are, at the very least, hard-pressed to discover, apprehend, and prosecute the criminals involved. It it doesn't help, right, that unlike street-level dealers, groups or individuals with the capital to operate international smuggling rings are not only overwhelmingly well-off, They're often connected to state-level actors or enormous private entities, also known as the same people who are tasked with, on paper, stopping these crimes from occurring. Or even low-level people within those systems that they know are at certain strategic places. Uh, Yikes. So let's let's consider a specific story to, to kind of look closer into this. So let's go back to July 2011. The Guyane, which is a ship, it was seized by U.S. Customs after authorities found 20 tons, 20 tons of cocaine aboard. Or was it 18 tons? Oh, it makes a massive difference, doesn't it? This is so this happens pretty frequently in uh, in drug bust. And I think it's hilarious. And I 
I think a lot of people listening are going to agree with us here. Why would two tons go missing? Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed when there's a large bust of illicit drugs, the numbers get kind of uh, kind of fudgy real yeah. quick? It was 20, but, you know, we just reweighted. It was just 18. I guess we made an error. You know, heat of the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That's a – yeah, we're not accusing anyone here. We're just saying – Maybe it's a bit of a pattern. I'm not accusing. I am observing a pattern there for you go. sure. There you yeah, go. no one ever. You never see a drug bust where someone says, "Oh, we thought we uh, we thought we found uh, 500 pounds of marijuana, but actually it was 560." Yeah. No, exactly. it, the number never goes up. It always fudges down. Yeah. Anyhow, so let's get back to that 20 or 18 tons of coke. Right. For comparison, uh, 18 tons of cocaine, that's about the size of three full-grown African bull elephants. And that translates the cocaine, not the elephants, to an estimated street value of over over $1 billion US. Yikes. So yay for customs, they caught this, right? They caught this, they seized the craft. The, uh, what is it called? The Mediterranean Shipping Shipping Company's Guyane? Mm-hmm, the MSC Guyane. Things got complicated very quickly. You see, the MSC Guyane is a Liberian-flagged vessel. That means it sails under the flag of the country Liberia. But it is not owned nor operated by a Liberian company. Instead, it's operated by that company you just uh, gave a shout-out to, Matt, the Mediterranean Shipping Co. They are a Switzerland-based global shipping conglomerate. Hold on a second. (laughs) So it's the Mediterranean Shipping Company with a Liberian flag. Based in Switzerland. Okay. And they only sort of own it. Right. This gets sketchier and sketchier as we ascend the ladder of ownership and profit. The vessel was financed by J.P. Morgan. What? You may recognize from some earlier episodes. In New York City? (laughs) Right. The two companies structured the purchase of this vessel such that the ship was, quote, we'll have to unpack this, owned by client assets in a transportation strategy fund run for J.P. Morgan's asset management arm. What? Right. Exactly. Who really owns this at the end of the day? Where does the check get sent to? You know what I mean? Where does it, whose bank account ultimately collects whatever margin of profit is here. It's a strange question. J.P. Morgan, by the way, has uh, at the time of recording refused to release a public statement regarding this. And Look, we don't know where all that coke came from, but it was not us. Right. And said, so, yeah, look, guys, we had nothing to do with that 26 tons of cocaine. And they're like, oh, we thought it was 18. They go, oh. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Wrong number. Uh <laughs> Wow. Well, this is J.D. Horgan. Yeah, this is not the one you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, we're we're technically a river bank, not a financial institution. I'm pretty sure you're looking for HSBC. They're they're the ones with What's all the that? drug money. It's HSBC is what I said. HSBC. I can't hear you. <laughs> so I hope that's how it works. You know, at some point in history, there was someone who was part of an otherwise legitimate financial institution, maybe yeah. in the days of like telegraphs or something, uh-huh. who totally faked that their equivalent of a phone wasn't working. Yep. 
And they go, oh, sorry, we thought it was a dit, then a dot, then a dash. <laughs> we, our our ditter daughter was just not working. And then the Great Depression. Yeah. But but it's true. They, they've been tremendously cagey about this because we see this interlocking system of ownership, which without profiling too hard, I want to say it feels very much like a shell game. It feels very much like a way to maximize profit while avoiding liability. Sure. Which is what companies do. Well, and they just happened to get caught. They just happened to get caught. Yeah. This single bust is part of an ongoing investigation. So we don't know all the details about it. You can see some low level and some pretty high level crew members who were implicated in bringing aboard parcels of cocaine off the coast of Peru. But as far as the person who organized, brokered the whole deal, the reason the coke interest in Peru knew where the ship was going to be and the reason people in the ship got, uh, I think one guy got just as little as $50,000 for helping load it on, which sounds like great money until, you know, you're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these, these people have been implicated, but there's no one has found the puppet master yet. In, and while this was a big bust, this was not anomalous by virtue of simply being a drug bust because the U.S. Customs and Border Protection claims that they are busting people left and right every day. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection claim that they seized an average or seized an average of 4,657 pounds of narcotics every day. That's a lot. Not quite 18 tons, but it's a lot. And again, we've talked about this before. It really is just one of those things that cannot occur without help from somebody somewhere, some kind of corruption. Right. This leads us to another dark side of the industry. And we'll dive into it after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? 
Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. We're back. So the shipping industry, probably since the first boat was made or the first, no, no, not the first boat, since the first laws were made by some authority saying, thou shalt give me a cut, mm. right, of, of uh, whatever this pie is in question. Ever since that moment, corruption has existed. Every time somebody makes a, let's think of it as um, light and shadow, right? Every time somebody makes a law, that exist in the light, a law with transparency, you know what I mean? There is another practice, uh, an analog to that, a shadow law that will exist in the criminal community or in the underground. That's why we have all these old tropes about honor among thieves and whether or not it exists. That's why you hear uh, mafioso talk about a, a code of one sort or another because human beings inherently attempt to impose order upon any sort of interaction with the world around them or with the people they meet. The shipping industry is going to be cursed with corruption for the foreseeable future because of a few very easily explained reasons. First, the crews in these vessels have a really tough job. They make thousands of stops at ports all around the world every year and these ports are in numerous countries, very, very different countries. Every single one has its own distinct set of laws and legal systems. And as anyone can assure you, uh, the rule of law is not the same in every country. Like here in the U.S., if you are not wealthy, then the rule of law is pretty secure. Your odds of getting in trouble for murdering someone are pretty high, again, if you're not wealthy. If you are wealthy, then you have a different set. You have a set of shadow laws, just like we described before. But these folks, these captains and crews of these ships, will not only go to places with vastly different sets of laws, social mores, legal systems, things like that, different institutions they have to interact with, they also encounter tremendous bureaucracy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, in all kinds of different ship inspections every time or mostly when they go into port, there's going to be some kind of inspection, some kind of immigration or customs that they have to deal with just by even entering a port. Um, and there are also, you know, different environmental concerns in the varying countries that you're going to encounter as well. And you have to imagine 
you know, during these um, inspections, right? You're you're on this ship. You're the captain. You're the crew. You show up. Now this whole other team comes through and runs these inspections, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, just to get through that inspection, or maybe even to have someone look the other way. That's just hypothetically about some, you know, discrepancy in the weight of certain cargo. Sure. The screams coming from a a container. Yeah, maybe that too. (laughs) Um, But you would have to bribe this team of people coming in from whichever country you're going to. And even if you're not shipping anything illicit, even if you're not doing anything illegal, you may still have to participate in this bribery system just to get through your day because refusing to pay these – I'm going to keep calling these things shadowy. Refusing to pay these shadow taxes will lead to at the very least delays, sometimes huge delays. And you have to understand when these people are operating, that last port of call that they just went to is one in a series of ports. So there's a very – very high chance of a domino effect if they Mm -hmm. don't get to leave on time. There are also punitive fines that will be legally defended by the country in which the port exists. And these fines can, you know, it's like they used to say about um, law enforcement officers in the U.S. that if if an LEO wants to write you a ticket for something, they will find something. While that may not be 100% true, it's absolutely true in a lot of these ports. The worst case scenario is that refusal to participate in this bribery system can result in physical harm to the crew, maybe even fatalities. The typical euphemism for bribery, we we hope you enjoy this and we hope you have examples of your own, is a facilitation payment, a facilitation payment. Oh, yeah. How you doing? No, that's great. That's great. Uh, We're going to get you out of here. Lickety split. We just got to get this little facilitation payment going first, if you know what I mean. I'm just going to hold my hand out here and wait for you (laughs) to facilitate. Wait, 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 wait. I'm facilitating the payment? I thought you were. I thought this was a payment for you to facilitate. No, you don't understand. This is my this is my job, and what I'm saying is in order for me to do my job, Uh, I need a little facilitation. Oh, you know, okay, okay. Now, this is my first time in the Port of Lago, sir, but uh, I... There's nothing in my hand still. Oh, 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 gosh. Uh, okay, hang on. Let me let me make a phone call real quick. But actually, it would probably be much smoother than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it really I mean? would be. It's kind of like a, a side note, a friend of mine whom I will not identify actually did participate in low-level smuggling from Russia to the U.S., not for uh, not for some sort of nefarious reason. Yeah, it was Snowden, right? He was just coming back to see <laughs> some people and then left again? Uh, this friend of mine actually was getting some pre-communist uh, takeover children's literature. Okay. Because this friend of mine is a nerd. So Snowden, right? (laughs) And this friend of mine had never broken a law in the U.S., of which I am aware. This friend of mine had never broken a law in any country, but they said it was very easy to break the law in Russia. And they had following complaint. Again, Russian Russian speakers, people who've lived in Russia, please let us know if this jives with you because uh, Matt and Paul and I have have never been. Right, Paul? You haven't been to Russia? Okay. Correct. Correct. So I just wanted to check. So here's what this person says. This person says they heard that they could buy 
some of this literature. And technically, it's illegal for them to take it out of the country. But again, they're not moving heroin. They're not moving, you know, weapons of war or anything. So they go to essentially a black market location to buy these books, these children's books. And they said it was the best customer service experience they had in the country. Because apparently, at the time this person was there, there are all kinds of things we take for granted in the West, niceties that just do not exist there. And one of them is that here, here if you go to a business, they will make change. If you're paying for something that's $10.13 and you just have a $20 bill, they'll make change for you. In Russia, apparently that was not the case. You were expected to have exact change. Now, again, I don't know. I cannot first verify this firsthand, but this person said when they went, uh, no one would smile at them when they were, you know, in a legal uh, transactional situation. But when they went to the black market thing, the people were all pretty nice and uh, multilingual. And this person speaks Russian. So anyway, it shouldn't have mattered. And then they happily made change. Yeah. And the the person said, you know, sometimes the black market just works better and more efficiently depending on where you are in the world. And as much as I hate to admit it, I think that person is onto something. I think the people whom your friend encountered were just reading him and or his or her compatriots who were with her mm-hmm. or him, mm-hmm. whoever it was. Mm-hmm. I think the smiling thing was just a tactic to read whether or not they were police. Oh, I see. Well, maybe it's just reflection of energy too, right? Maybe. maybe. I don't uh, know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so anyhow, we know that bribery exists and proliferates throughout the world. The shipping industry is, is no different and – Anybody who has traveled extensively, depending on where you've gone, you have found yourself in a bribery situation. Like in yeah. some parts of the world, it's just part of a police officer's job to propose and accept a bribes. And yeah. woe betide those who refuse to play the game. According to someone named Cecilia Muller-Torbrand, who is the program director at the Maritime Anti-Corruption Network or MACIN, A facilitation payment is a low-level payment made to a low-level official to perform a routine task, a task you are already entitled to. And this is so common that other countries, you know, that participate in the shipping industry have some names uh, in slang for these sorts of payments. And frankly, several of them are pretty funny. Oh, yeah. I I very much enjoy China's, which is tea money. (laughs) A lot of tea shipping. Just uh, give me that extra tea money. Or the one in Brazil, which is just called Make Me Laugh. It sounds like a greeting like, ah, yes, hello, welcome to Brazil. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the port. Now make me laugh. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> because we're an audio podcast, Matt, here you extended your hand. Yeah. Just like uh, that uh, port authority member in Jersey. Lagos. Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was Lagos. He was in Jersey. No, he was in Jersey. I misread the accent. Oh, it's all it good. <laughs> he was Jersey. So, so another, you know, just for comparison, many of us might be more familiar with police bribes in Guatemala. They say something like, well, you know, could you give me some money to help me buy some chiclets? I've heard that as well, actually. Weirdly specific. Huh. Yeah. Wait, where did you hear it? 
I've got some friends in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> now, friends in Jersey also sounds like a euphemism, does it not? Yeah. You got some friends in Jersey. I think it might be. They said, make me laugh. They said you would make me laugh. So we want to hear your slang terms for this kind of bribery. Uh, in the meantime, we want to establish that while there are some states, le- many states, honestly, legitimately working to address the endemic corruption in the shipping industry, most of the burden of this falls on the gigantic private shipping conglomerates. And those conglomerates, in many cases, themselves can benefit from these same corrupt practices that they may lament in public or forward-facing literature or statements, you know? So what does this all mean? Well, I I guess uh, ultimately it means the official numbers that we all get to look at, the statistics, uh, the estimates for global shipping trades are all at least somewhat inaccurate because we're not exactly sure and we cannot be definitely sure about how much stuff is being traded and how much it's all costing. We, we get the estimates from the conglomerates, essentially. We don't know how much shadow money exists out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's stuff that is either willingly or unwillingly being traded and for how much money. Mm-hmm. And there is genuinely no workable solution at this time. Legalizing drugs, of course, is... I think it's clear to say that would be one of the biggest, most profound steps toward crippling criminal cartels, at least in South America and in maybe a couple of – maybe in the Golden Triangle. But that won't stop the bribery because corruption and smuggling are not simply dependent upon illicit drugs. The problem is that no one is incentivized to play straight here. There are state-level agencies and institutions doing their level best to staunch the bleeding, but this is a grievous wound. Um, And I don't know, man. I I feel kind of weird ending on just such a a negative note. I mean, it's true. Everything we said is true. Yeah, I, I think I'll give you one solution. Anyone and everyone working around that ship of containers uh, has to be paid so much money that the thought of being able to be bribed to bring something onto that ship uh, and then losing their, you know, their wealth that they get from working there, they would be incentivized to not break the rules. But wouldn't that cut into the profits for the conglomerates? Well, maybe over, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. It totally would. <laughs> but what you about would... the ports then? Because that's where a lot of the corruption Yeah, you're right. So you would need turrets uh, that had an AI sophisticated enough to identify when a bribe was occurring. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) And then they could shoot sleep darts uh, rapidly at uh, any possible bribery. And we can do – we can be adventurers and make a documentary about the the death of the illegal shipping industry in Brazil and we can call it No One Laughs in Rio. (gasps) I, I just like I, – I like the gravitas of that, but I don't know if it's accurate. Yeah, I love it. No, well, more, no more laughter. Well, it, the thing is too – delving a little bit too far into psychology here, but just really briefly. Over the years, you and I in the course of research and in the course of experience and conversation have f- 
pretty well and pretty definitively established that happiness is a comparative or relative term for the species. Multiple studies have shown us that below a certain financial threshold, people are not just happy. It's not enough to know that you make money or that you make a wage. People don't want to just be satisfied if they work in a group environment. They want to know that they have more than the other person or at least as much. So if um, if you and Paul and I were, uh, were working in a totally different industry and we all had the same job and we all, let's say we all made, uh, I don't know, I'm just 50,000 a year and we were happy as clams. I don't know where that saying comes from, but that that's us. We're super happy. And then we find out that one of us makes $55,000 a year. We are very much unhappy. Nothing for our personal experience has changed in any way whatsoever, save for the knowledge that someone else is doing a little better than us. And that is why, that is why I argue that bribery at this point will always exist because it's not enough for many people to be happy with themselves. They have to feel like other people are doing worse. Interesting point. Capitalism, baby. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if that bears out for everyone. Perhaps. You're right. I wish it's too broad a brush. Many people. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah, I hear you. So let's let's add just one more for fun because we talked a little bit about the post office, but we didn't go into detail. Did you hear about the conspiracy theory proposed by President Trump back in 2018? I did. I heard tell via some tweets. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, the president in 2018 claimed that the company Amazon, with whom I think many of us are familiar, is costing the United Postal Service billions of dollars and that U.S. taxpayers are footing the bill. Bezos. Mm-hmm. He had one tweet about this and then he doubled down a few days later and he said, quote, I am right about Amazon costing the U.S. post office massive amounts of money for being their delivery boy. Amazon should pay these costs plus and not have have them borne by the American taxpayer. Many billions of dollars. Post office leaders don't have a clue. Or do they? Uh, We looked into this, and luckily for the U.S. taxpayer, the numbers don't seem to bear out. The U.S. Post Service did lose $2.7 billion in 2017. That's per PolitiFact. But it wasn't because it was delivering stuff for Amazon. Actually, the opposite's the case. Those kind of parcel delivery deals they make with private companies like Amazon accounted for $7 billion of the $19.5 billion in revenue that the post office made during that time. So what that means is that those kind of companies are forming a large amount of the revenue generated for the post office. Are they getting these price breaks that the ordinary human being wouldn't get? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because they're also bringing billions of dollars in business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Losing $2.7 billion to make $19.5 billion. It's weird. Well, you know, again, it's, the, it's that high-level math where it almost becomes imaginary. Oh, it all is. <laughs> Certainly. If it's got a million or a billion, then okay, sure, whatever you say. And speaking of what you say, we want to hear from you, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. This concludes today's episode, but not the show. Do we have any Merchant Marines in the audience? What's the weirdest thing you ever had shipped? 
<laughs> you know, what's the, what's the weirdest thing you ever received in the mail? What's the weirdest thing you've ever carried in the back of your truck that you're driving right now? Oh, yes. Yeah, good point, Matt. And I know we've got, again, we mentioned it earlier, but we know from our emails and call-ins and things that a lot, several of you, I, I'm, I'm going to venture to say dozens of you. Tens at are, the very least. Yeah, are driving large trucks with possibly shipping containers on them. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a sealed container? Oh, yeah. Those are, that's strict. Are they all sealed now? I don't know how it works exactly once you get down into it that far, but I know a lot of them actually seal, a lot of places seal their containers now. Do you work for the rail system? Have you ever encountered modern hobos, aka train kids? Let us know as well. That seems like a weird thing to ship. Uh, You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter where we are Conspiracy Stuff, Conspiracy Stuff Show or some derivation thereof. If you want to call us, you can leave us a message. We are 1-833-S S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. If you don't want to do any of that, but you still want to get in touch with us and give us a suggestion or a story, you can always email us. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.